the one thing that I know to be true about sales professionals everywhere is no sales professional in the history of sales has ever been fired for being the number one salesperson and being crappy at doing paperwork and reports. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we have Jeb Blount with us, and we're going to be talking about how ultra-high performers use time management. So really excited about today's call. Jeb, welcome to, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And, and for your audience, uh, some people call me Blount, usually Yankees, right? And everybody in the South calls me Blunt. So you can go either way. It's kind of weird how my name is spelled, but it's, uh, it's you know, B-L-O-U-N-T. So it, it kind of goes both ways. So if you ever hear me say my name is Blunt, and if you ever anybody other than anybody below the, the Mason-Dixon line in east of the Mississippi, it's Blount. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, uh, I, I kind of go both ways. My mom's from, my mother's a Southern belle, but, uh, I grew up in the North. So I, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of half Yankee, I guess you'd say, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so by way of background, um, Mr. Blunt is a, is a, uh, a, a sales acceleration specialist and the author of 10 books. That's right. 10 books, including, Fanatical Prospecting, Sales EQ, People Buy You, People Follow You, and Objections. Uh, he's really among the world's most respected thought leaders on prospecting, sales, leadership, and customer experience. Through his global training organization, Sales Gravy, Jeb advises a who's who of the world's leading organizations and their executives on the impact of emotional intelligence and interpersonal skills on customer facing activities. So that's kind of a, a little background on you, Jeb. Why don't, we, why don't we jump into it here? You've said 80% of sales professionals that attend your sales sessions struggle the most with having enough time to sell. How can salespeople be, become more efficient by breaking down the time they spend in different selling activities? That's a great question. And you know, when we say 80% of salespeople who you know, come to our, our, our classes, we ask them, and this is especially true of outside field salespeople, we'll just ask a simple question. What's your biggest challenge? And 80% of people say the biggest challenge I have is that I just don't have any time. And <clears throat> there's a litany of, of things that pop up. You know, there's administrative work, there's putting things into the CRM, there's my boss who has meetings, all the people in the company that have, you know, conference calls in the middle of the day. And oh, by the way, if you're in field sales, the best way to avoid conference calls in the middle of the day is have a packed schedule of meetings with prospects and customers. And then you don't have to go to those things because nobody's going to get you out of the field for that. Uh, and there's a whole lot of things. They're mostly excuses. So when I, when I walk salespeople through this process, I help them understand that every moment of the day, there are three choices that they make with time. Choice number one is they can do things that are trivial, like watch cat videos or hang out in their fantasy football team or find out what their mom just posted on, on Facebook. There are important things, and those important things include doing paperwork and filling out forms and responding to your boss's email, putting things into the CRM, and doing proposals and presentations. Those are important things. And then there's impactful things. And the most impactful thing that a salesperson can do is to put something new in the pipe. That's number one. And number two, to advance something through the pipe. And the problem for most salespeople is they choose important, doing all of this other stuff versus impactful, putting things into the pipeline. And the secret to, to getting yourself focused on impact is to start front loading your day with impact. Because when I say do things that are impactful, put things into the pipe, that typically means ch hard, challenging, difficult, the things that people don't want to do, which is typically prospecting. And, and the, the way that you, that you get yourself into the habit of having enough time to do the hard things in sales, the important thing or the, the impactful things in sales is that you start your day with impact. So instead of coming in and opening up your computer and getting into the CRM or worse, getting into email, there's no good news in email, you begin your day with a prospecting block. And then, and this is the key, you break your day into small chunks. 
So you, you time block. And what that means is I have time for prospecting. I have time for follow-up on emails. I have time for customer service. I have time for CRM. I've got time for social media. We all need to be on LinkedIn. This is, you know, in, in, in other you know, forms of social media. I'm on, you know, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, LinkedIn every day. I'm on YouTube. I use every one of these tools to, to pull people towards me. Uh, I'm also doing outbound telephone prospecting. I've got to have time to build my proposals. And what you have to do is begin blocking your day out and, and doing it in small chunks. And this time blocking is transformative for salespeople. It will change your life because of what it does is when you concentrate your focus in a small part of time, you get more done in less time with greater outcomes. But the key here, and this is what's most important, especially for field salespeople, is that you begin your day with impact. And the most impactful thing that you can do is putting something into the pipeline because for field salespeople, the pipe is life. It is everything. And if you try to push off prospecting to the end of the day, it will never happen and you'll move it to the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And, and then when we start thinking about, and this is, I think, important for um, you know, your software, Badger Maps, is that as you are building out your day, as you are looking at your territory, it's making sure that your territory is set up so that you're blocking your time out in certain parts of your territory and you're using a mapping tool like Badger Maps to make yourself more efficient as you go through the day. Because by the way, and I'm sure you know this, the greatest waste of time for sales professionals is what? Looking at a windshield. So if you have your route set up, if you have your appointment set up, if you have your in-person prospecting calls mapped out ahead of time, if you plan for those things because you've created blocks for that, all of a sudden, you know, this whole, this whole complaint, I don't have enough time, that goes away. Because most of that's just BS that we make up in our heads and we use for excuses not to do the impactful things that get the job done and fill up our commission checks. I couldn't agree more. Um, let's dig in deeper on pipeline management. What role does pipeline management play in managing the time spent selling? Well, if you think about your pipeline and we were to look at any pipeline, so let's jump into anybody's company. I can go through the pipe and, and I can take most salespeople, there's a good portion of their pipeline that's just stalled. It's stuff that's in the pipe, but it's not moving. And one of the biggest waste of times for salespeople is just checking in. I just check in to see, I just check in to see, I just check in to see. I'm trying to advance a deal. Kind of like you and I were talking about in the pre-show as we were talking about deals that we both work on, you know, that stall in committee or stall here. So for, for especially for field salespeople, you must never, ever, ever, ever write this down, ever, ever, ever leave a meeting with a prospect if you haven't defined and, and set a next step. And that next step has to be tangible and it needs to be on your calendar and their calendar. Because if you do that, if you always set the next step, your deals are going to advance through the pipe. That's pipeline management, right? Keeping things going, that's pipeline velocity. If you don't do that, you're going to end up in the call me maybe vortex where you leave and, and, you know, Steve, you say, Oh yeah, this is really, really good. This is fantastic. You know, this is awesome. Like call me next week sometime. And then you're in a meeting forever. So when you're sitting in front of some, the customer, you pull out your calendar, either it's on your phone or it's in a book and you say, let's get something on the calendar for next week. And you should never let five days go by without the next step happening. And if you do that, if you're getting those micro commitments, first of all, you'll know that they're engaged Every time you ask for the micro commitment, they're they're moving closer to to the to the getting to the to the close of the deal. And if they're not willing to set the next step, you know that they're not that. I guess they're maybe a better way to say it, they're just not that into you. They're not going to move forward. They're not a player. They're not the decision maker. They don't have the ability to make a decision, or they're never going to make a decision. And if that's the case, you can let that go and move on. But because you're front loading your day with impact. You're constantly putting new things into the pipeline. Those deals that move out naturally because they're not going to advance, they get replaced with better opportunities because you're managing your day in a way that allows you to keep the pipeline vibrant, moving, and dynamic. I love it. Keep the momentum because Call Me Maybe is a great song, but not a good place for <laughs> salespeople to be. <laughs> Um, so uh, I, I would do my best rendition of Call Me Maybe, but it, it's, it would be awful. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spare everyone. Um, so since salespeople can only spend certain hours in a day in front of prospects, how can salespeople use prime selling time or golden hours to their advantage? 
So everybody listening to, to this, you're not going to like what I have to say next. Sales is not a nine to five job. Never has been, never will be. And if you think it's a nine to five job, you're in the wrong profession. So you have a certain number of hours every single day for the most salespeople, typically between the hours of seven and five or seven and six. If you work in industries like manufacturing, that, that tends to, to, to you know, start around six o'clock because or if you're in agriculture, any of those, those places where people start earlier, if you work in uh, more traditional office type businesses, then your start time's gonna be a, a little bit lower. But you have a, a certain number of hours a day that you can get face to face or on the phone uh, with a prospect that you can have a conversation with, that you can either move into the pipeline, that you can advance to the pipeline, you can close a deal, what have you, you do a presentation. So inside the golden hours, 100% of your time should be focused on getting face-to-face -face or having conversations or interacting with prospects. And this is what I mean about, about looking at your day. That's impactful, being with a prospect. Not impactful is doing a proposal. So back in my day when I was carrying a briefcase just like you and I was out calling on prospects, my proposal time, so putting together my proposal packages, putting together my initial meeting packages, I did that on Saturday. So I had a certain amount of time set aside on Saturday where I could focus on doing that. Um, there was a, I remember years, my wife and I would just sit on the floor in our living room and we would put all our proposals together going out, but I never did that during my golden hours. Now there are something called the platinum hours and this is what I use for both my social media and for my planning. So when we're getting our prospecting list together or, or we're planning out who we're going to target, we do those either early or late, but we don't do that in the middle of the day. And uh, in my social media, so specifically LinkedIn, uh, I spend about 30 minutes to 45 minutes every single day. And if you follow me online, you'll know because you see when I post. Uh, and I spend about 30 to 45 minutes working that. But when that time's done, my block for that's done, it's over. But I'm not doing that during prime selling time. Also, when I do email prospecting, most of my email prospecting is done outside of the golden hours because I can send an email anytime. I can schedule an email anytime. I don't need to do that during my prime time. My prime time is, is meant to interact with prospects. And so for, for a salesperson, your, like your primary focus, your drive is to protect the golden hours. And we see this one other way that sometimes makes people a little bit nervous. And, but this is how I feel about it. And if you, if you set your mindset around this, it'll make you a better salesperson. And that is this, if you're a salesperson and it's the golden hours and you are not interacting with a prospect or customer or one of your accounts, you are not working, you are unemployed. So you just look at your day and say how much of your day is filled with crap that's not that and fix that. And oh, by the way, if you're the salesperson saying, oh, well, you know, my boss won't like it or I've got to do this or I've got to do this or they make me do these things. The one thing that I know to be true about sales professionals everywhere is no sales professional in the history of sales has ever been fired for being the number one salesperson and being crappy at doing paperwork and reports. Nobody fires the top salesperson. They may not like it, but the top salesperson is taking home the trophy. They're going to the, the president's club trip. They're taking home the big checks and everybody knows that they're crappy with paperwork or filling things forms out or whatever, but nobody gets in the way of the rainmaker. And if you take on that, if you understand that and get that, then you're going to have a really big commission check. I promise you. Well, and there's an important lesson here for, for sales managers too. I mean, it, you know, you, you can unblock your team by uh, enabling them to not to a, I mean, eliminating the TPS reports of the world, but also, I mean, the, the, this type of non face-to-face, non-critical selling, non-impactful behavior, if you can segment that up, wrap it up in a bow and you and create a service that supports your sales team um, with that, with that need, you save their time and get them in front of more customers and get them doing impactful things. Um, one thing that, that I did with my sales team was, uh, was we, we have a, they don't write, they don't write their own proposals anymore. They just, they, we have someone that writes their proposals and, uh, and that they, they all loved that. That saved them a ton of time. And now the proposals are better. The proposals are more consistent and, and they just feed the, the key unique factors of what's going on with the customer to the, to the person that actually puts together the proposal. And that's really unlocked a lot of, uh, a lot of busy work for them. And frankly, the person that writes these proposals that, you know, they're a great writer and they are, you know, they're, they're, 
there's they have a fair amount of expertise in this. I mean, they went to law school. Like they're they're good at this, and uh, and and so it's look for services like that. Like oh, it might my sales team is wasting a ton of time with this activity or this doing this one thing. How could I carve that off of their job and create a service for that? And, you know, it's uh, that's a, that's a thing that, that great managers, I think, look to unblock their sales teams. I think you're, I think you're exactly right. And one of the, the core jobs of the sales leader is to protect the time of your people. So as a sales leader, you have to do exactly that. You have to find ways of getting things off their plate. And you can't be the person putting things on their plate. You can't be the person walking in the middle of the day and say, we're having a meeting at two o'clock in the afternoon. You can't be that person. And there are a lot of sales leaders with that. So you have to protect your time and you have to find ways, like you said, you can find someone that can write the proposals or you can do this or you can do that. You have to do that. Your job is to protect their time. At the same time, you also have to be Teflon. So as you pull things off of people's plate, you have to expect more of your salespeople. You have to expect them to protect the golden hours. You have to expect them to be more productive and you have to expect them to, to, to spend more time in front of customers. So there's, it, there's two sides of this. And, and sadly, there are a lot of salespeople who will find any reason possible not to make a phone call, not to go on a sales call, not to spend time with customers and and who think that for example driving is an accomplishment it's not an accomplishment you know spending time with people are, 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 are spending time with customers is important so for example one of the things that i i think that every sales leader should do is every sales leader should be sitting down with their salespeople on a regular basis and looking at the territory that they're working in and mapping that territory out and gridding it out and making sure that their salespeople are are grouping their their appointments and grouping their in-person prospecting calls inside of those areas of the territory. As a sales leader, that helps you protect your time and salespeople just don't do that naturally. Salespeople naturally drive, will drive the one side of the territory to the other side of the territory, the other side of the territory, the other side of the territory. So good sales leaders are constantly, as coaches, spending time with their people on time and helping their people dial it back in. It's natural for human beings to get a little bit loosey-goosey. And then and I go back to, you know, to Badger Maps, I go back to what you guys do, because I think it's so important for salespeople is that as a leader, you know, one of the things you can do is, is grab a, a, a program like this and drop it in because this helps your salespeople get way more efficient. Imagine, for example, that you've got an appointment set in one grid in your territory, and there are a number of prospects that are around that particular appointment. So many salespeople will drive to the appointment, go to the appointment and come back. But if you're a good sales leader, you'll sit down with them and say, okay, let's hop into the CRM. Let's pull that zip code. Let's find out which prospects are in that, in that neighborhood. Let's map out five calls, in-person prospecting calls that we're going to do around that appointment. Let's do a little bit of research in advance so we know what we're going to ask when we're walking in, what we know about them. And then let's go to Badger Maps, load it in, create a route so that when you get to your appointment, you go to your appointment, you walk out, you know exactly where you're going. It's plugged in and you don't have to think about it. So, yeah. and you know, in, in the, in the course of, you know, an hour and a half, you've made, you know, you made your, your, your set appointment and you made five prospecting calls. And then maybe you've done a couple of T calls from there, you know, look to the left, look to the right, look behind you mm -hmm. and, and walked in some doors that you didn't know, but salespeople and, you know, and I'm, I love salespeople and I'm, I'm a salesperson at heart. That's not what salespeople, that's not how our brains normally think. So as the leader, you've got to take on the role of looking at everything your folks are doing with time and uh, and becoming a good coach with time and 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 shining a light on you know the way way people are we yourselves people are wasting time that by the way is costing them money it's taking it's taking money out of their pocket yeah well it, and we've we uh, it's interesting this you know there's obviously a problem that we focus on a lot and and just the the planning and kind of how to approach this it's an incredibly complex math problem to, to optimize time over a geographic space. Um, you know, it's not, it's not simple algebra or anything. It's actually, a, it, you need, you need a, a very hefty computer to do it. Some salespeople are better at it than others. And we've done some research on this. Some people are able to envision a geographic area and kind of the best way to move through that area and hit six points, for example. Um, so some people are, and some people are awful at it. Some people just can't really, I mean, they'll do 20% as well as an optimization tool could help them do, um, in terms of like visualizing what, what all is along this route that is important. And, 
you know, keeping kind of juggling what's important and what's near and balancing that trade off. Like, oh, how far out of my way would I go to, to see someone that I'm really due to see? Um, all, all those types of things are are very difficult for the human mind can do. A computer, it's you know, if, if you built the software, it's pretty easy. But it, but some people really are decent at it, and some people are terrible at it. And, uh, you know, I think it falls on a spectrum of between 20 and 70%. Like you're the best person can get 70% of what a computer would have figured out. The worst person, you know, and frankly, the worst people are at this are rarely in field sales at all because they just wouldn't have made it from the beginning. But, uh, but you really can, you know, it, everyone can be perfect at this, right? I mean, you, you there's, it's a simple piece of software that does it now, but, um, it, it's, it, I, I believe that historically this has actually been a, a thing that's made some people great at sales and other people underperformers is that they're just not good at this optimization effort. If you put them in front of a customer, they're fantastic, but you're like, why doesn't they make, why don't they make quota? And it's a big part of it is, you know, they might not be optimizing their time well across the surface of the earth and, you know, dealing with the, the, this customer is important, this customer is not. And given that I'm going to be around here, it would be worth my time to sit, to hit them too. It, that problem is complex. I, you're exactly right. I was at a national sales meeting and the C-level executive that was running it uh, was, you know, standing in front of this group and some of the salespeople in that team and that in that group had made a million dollars in commissions. And these are all field salespeople, uh, make a, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And some of the salespeople in the room had made, you know, $80,000. And this, this, he's just a, he's a great leader, but he's looking out over his people. And he's, he's basically says, we hire well. The, this team, this room is full of talented people, and they're and he's exactly right. This is a Fortune, you know, 500 company. They've got every, you know, bell and whistle from an assessment standpoint. They can hire the very best people. They pay a lot of money to people to come in. And he says, if you look at this room, there's parity when it comes to talent. He said, but some people in the room are making a million dollars a year in commission, and some people are making eighty thousand dollars a year in commission. And he said, if you look at the parity of talent, he said the only difference between the people who are making a million and the people that are making eighty thousand is the way the people who are making a million dollars choose to use their time. That's it. That there's no other difference. And and then what you just described is right. It is complex. It it is does take some algorithm. Certainly when it when it comes to mapping and routing and thinking about who you're going to go call on, but it also is if you're, if you've got good notes in your CRM, if you take the time to do that during the platinum hours, if you are aware of your qualifying criteria and what that looks like. So you're, you're targeting the right accounts. If, if, if you uh, understand that driving is not an accomplishment, staring at a windshield is a huge waste of time. If you get that and you understand how to manage your pipeline, we were talking earlier about look if a deal is stalling or they're not moving to the next step, it's time to let go and move on. If you get that, you, you can, you can win. And that's why it's important that you have a sales coach, you have a sales manager who can see what you can't see and help you fix that. But it's also understanding that t- the way you choose to use time is just that, it's a choice. And, and, and for most organizations, when we look at the sales organization, it's the way that the leaders and the salespeople on the team choose to use their time, choice. Yeah. That's the greatest threat to the organization. Not yeah, outside, not competitors, not any of those things. So for when we look at the complexity, if I were a sales leader or a salesperson, what I would say is let's take the complexity, break it into its smallest pieces and have a, like a real honest conversation with yourself. Just, just be transparent. Where are you wasting time? So instead of showing up in a classroom with me and saying, well, I don't have enough time to do my job, right? Why don't you just get real? Because all of the stuff that you say that you don't have enough time to do your job, most of that's your fault. Most of that's the choices that you make rather than, you know, than, than someone imposing something on you. And if that's the case, it is complex, then dive into it and figure out what are the things that you can control and then control those things. Yeah, I, I, I so agree. Um, one, one thing that jumps out at me is the way, the, the way you have to make choices around these things. And, you know, and I think this is, it's so easy to get sucked into one activity that's lower value how do you suggest or what would you advise to salespeople in terms of balancing their efforts in these different, these different elements of what makes 
them successful at sales? Like, for example, how do you balance prospecting versus working on something impactful like moving a deal forward versus you know spending time closing versus spending time you know et cetera et cetera the the hundreds the hundred tasks that a salesperson needs to do how do you suggest that people balance well the 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 way that I look at it is first of all prospecting always comes first the pipe is life there is nothing more important than putting new stuff in your pipeline you can be the greatest closer in the world. You can be the greatest pre presenter in the world. You can be the greatest at asking for next steps in the world. But if you don't have anything in your pipeline, you're dead in the water, dead. So everything that starts there, prospecting's number one, always number one. So you should default first thing in the day. That's what you do. Now, you have to do all the other things, right? So you have to make choices about those things. So let's just start with a, with a, with a, a pipeline. If I look at my pipeline, there are going to be high potential, high probability accounts in my pipeline. High potential means that they are large and they can produce a lot of revenue. High probability means that they have the probability of moving forward and advancing to close. They have a high win probability. So I want to focus on those type of accounts first and I'm defaulting to win probability. So I'm always looking there. So if I'm, if I'm dealing with something that has a low win probability, it's typically wasting my time. That's qualification. I, I need to be able to understand, am I talking to the right person? Is this, a, is this a company they can buy? Are they in a buying window? Do they have the ability to buy? I need to be asking those questions. Is what I do a good fit for them? And is this company a good fit for me? And, 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 and you know, do I have a, a competitor that's embedded in there that's an incumbent competitor where I don't have a, way, a real competitive advantage that's going to move them out? Am I wasting my time? So, for a salesperson, it's constantly looking at what you do. Now, the way that I've always done this, uh, and this is me as a sales professional, is I've always figured out how much money am I worth? Like, what am I worth? And that could be, I, if I'm a straight commission, I'm making $300,000 this year. Or, you know, if I'm, uh, if I'm salary plus commission, so what's my salary? And then what do I want to make? Or what am I, what's my target? You know, and I figure out what that total is. Then I figure out how many golden hours do I have a year? And, you know, typically you're, you're only working maybe 48 uh, weeks a year, maybe 47 weeks a year because you've got meetings, you've got vacation, you've got sick days, you've got holidays. And typically you only have, if you're real with yourself, about 35 golden hours a week. So I take 48 hours, 48 weeks times 35, and that gives me, you know, the total 1600 or so. I figure out what I'm worth, $300,000 a year. I divide that in and I figure out how many hour, well, how much am I worth per hour? So if my time's worth 300 bucks an hour and I've got choices in front of me, it's really easy for me to say that's a $10 an hour activity. For example, like doing proposals. So maybe proposals is a $25 an hour activity, but in the golden hours, my time is worth 300 bucks. So if I have someone to do proposals for me, because I've got a boss like you, that's really cool and helps me out with that, then I'm going to hand that over to somebody else. If I, if I don't, then I'm saving it for a weekend where I'm not in the golden hours and I can afford to do $25 an hour. So mm -hmm. as I'm looking at my day and I'm building out my priorities, I'm always asking myself, right? Is this particular activity worth my time at this moment of the day? If I know what I'm worth, if I, if I, if I internalize that, then it allows me to make the right decision. And sometimes, by the way, I have to make, I have to trade, say, a $25 an activity for $300 time because I have a customer and I sold the customer, I made a promise to the customer, and I need to help them find an invoice or I need to do this or I need to do that. So it's not like a perfect world. You have to make choices. But the point is you have to make a choice. And like you said, if I don't, if I don't have a basis for making the choice, if I haven't, if I, if I don't know what my time is worth, then I look at every activity as the same. And so I choose to do this. I choose to drive four hours north to go on, you know, deadhead to go on one appointment with a low probability, low potential prospect because I don't have anything else to do. And my time's worth, say, a hundred bucks an hour. So I spend four hundred bucks to go there, and I spend four hundred bucks back. So I just burned almost a thousand dollars. And I didn't get anything done. I didn't accomplish anything. So as a salesperson, that's what you have to do. And as sales leaders, you need to understand what your people's time is worth so that you're not asking them to, to trade $300 an hour time for a $10 an hour activity. And if you see them trading it as a coach, you can ask them, hey, is this worth the trade-off? Because sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. You just have to make that decision. Yeah, that, that's incredible advice. A lot of what you say is highly quotable. You know that, Jeb? 
<laughs> um, it just comes from writing 10 bucks. And you know? so you're always you're like, what do people quote me? <laughs> so this is very quotable stuff. I'm, I'm glad it's recorded. So <laughs> I, I, you may find yourself in an Instagram quote here. I like that. That's good. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you mentioned that there are good salespeople, there are great salespeople, and there's ultra high performers. How can proper time management help salespeople become ultra high performers? Well, we look at ultra high performers as a group. So when I say ultra high performers, you know, we always talk about Pareto principle, like, you know, 20% of the salespeople produce 80% of the revenue and ultra high performers live in that space. And obviously ultra high performers is a top 10 or top 5% of all salespeople. There are five traits that define them. Uh, trait number one is that they're fanatical prospectors. And what I mean by that is they are constantly focusing on the activities that keep the pipeline full because truly, if you're a salesperson and you have a full pipeline, you can, you can even be a, you know, an, an okay person at closing and an okay person at presenting. But if your pipeline is full, you're going to outgun the best closer in the business who has an empty pipeline. They're, they have they have time discipline. So they have prospecting discipline or pipeline discipline. Uh, they have time discipline. And, and this is important because they have 24 hours a day. And as we said, you know, how you choose to use your time, that's going to, to be the, the, the most impactful or, um, or the biggest determiner of your success. They're, they, they, are, they are win probability or probability disciplined. So what you and I were talking about in terms of, of making choices, they spend their time on the highest probability activities. What are the activities that are going to have the highest probability of advancing a deal through the pipeline into a close that, that creates revenue and commission checks? Uh, they have people discipline. So when we talk about great salespeople, they, they're really good with other human beings. They have um, a, a high level of, of sales EQ or sales-specific emotional intelligence. They understand human influence frameworks. They understand how to manage their own emotions and influence the emotions of other people. And that's something that they practice over time. Yes, some people are naturally gifted that way, but most salespeople learn this over time and they study and they work on their human relationship skills. And that, and that is especially true for field level salespeople where the human connection is the competitive edge. And then finally, they are, they have, they are emotionally disciplined. So they have emotional self-control, which is important for time. Because if you think about discipline this way, Discipline is, is a, just a really simple definition, is giving up what you want now for what you want most. So when we look at time, in, in most cases, when we're, when we're using time, we waste time because we have something we want now, like, you know, I want to watch a cat video, and we don't think about the trade-off of watching the cat video against what we want most. So for salespeople, if you, if you think about it this way, what you really want to do is you want to make sure you have a solid set of goals. You want to know what you're trying to accomplish in your career, what you want with your commission check, how much money you want to make, uh, you know, when, do you want to be promoted or what have you, so that you understand that, yes, sometimes emotionally I want to do something now. I want to, you know, I, I want to you know, chase a, you know, a butterfly or what have you. And if I, if I recognize what I'm giving up for that, then it's more, more likely that I'm going to remain disciplined. So for ultra high performers, it's, it's prospecting and pipeline discipline. It, it's, it's time discipline, it's probability discipline, it's people discipline, it's relationship discipline, and it's emotional discipline. So this emotional self-control. And when you put all that together, and if you just think about your best salespeople, the, the ultra high performers in your world, this describes them. And by the way, for leaders, this, this is all coachable, completely coachable. You can't coach persistence, you can't coach drive, you can't coach motivation, you can't coach any of those things, but you can work with your people on all five of those disciplines and advance your entire sales team. Well, and this is not something I'm qualified in the slightest to uh, to discuss is healthy work-life balance. And I, you know, some things that you said, I, I, I for sure agree with, you know, sales is not a nine to five job. You, 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 do the the lower value stuff on the weekends and at night and I've you know I but I do recognize and especially you know leading leading a big team of people now I I uh, I, I recognize it's really important that people have a healthy work life balance and that they're working in a way that's sustainable and I think employing people for the long term has incredible value and if you burn them out they don't they don't um, they don't, they're not, they don't stay with the company for, for the long term, And that's something that I've been thinking about and trying to balance lately is, you know, I, I don't want to drive people the way 
I don't want, I don't, don't want people on the team to work the way I've worked through a lot of my career because then they'll just flame out. But um, how do you think that salespeople should approach a healthy work-life balance? And, you know, it does that exist in, in sales today? And what, what are your thoughts there? So I, uh, I do a good bit of work with the military. So we work with military recruiters. My, my brand new book, Fanatical Military Recruiting, is coming out soon. And this is a big issue in military recruiting as well. You have soldiers, uh, Marines, you have, you know, airmen, you have, uh, you know, sailors, uh, in these NCOs that are going out and they're recruiting people. And there's a lot of pressure on them because they're the difference between whether our military has strength of force and doesn't. And there's been a lot of talk in the military in particular, which I think your question is, is right on the money about how do we create more work-life balance and how we reduce the stress on, on these soldiers, many of whom didn't necessarily choose to be recruiters. It was assigned to them or it was part of the process, nor were they, did they choose to be salespeople, which is essentially what they're doing in some cases. They're mm -hmm. selling, there's a little bit of a difference between B2B sales and, and recruiting. So there are some differences there, but they're doing that. Mm -hmm. and, and so I get that and I understand it. But when I look at recruiters and I look at salespeople, my advice to recruiters is this. Yes, you need to have a work-life balance. Yes, you need to be able to spend time with your family and your friends and do things that are fun. Sales is a difficult job. Recruiting is a difficult job. But the thing is, is when you look at how they use and waste time, they're wasting all of this time during the day. So now they're at night doing this. Now they're on the weekends doing this. Now they're doing those things. When I was doing my proposals on Saturdays, we would sit on the floor and do proposals. We'd set a couple of hours aside. My wife and I would do it together. They would be done. On Sunday nights, I planned my entire week out. So between 6 and 7.30, I would take about an hour and a half and sit down and think about how my week was going to go. I would make sure that all my marketing brochures and, my, and what I was walking in with were already prepared. They were in my car. They were in files for all of my calls that week. I set my appointments from the, for, for the week that I was in from the previous week. So I had all my pre-call planning done. And... And, and the other thing that I use as a sales professional, I can tell you straight up that, you know, if I was, if I was eating lunch, I was eating lunch in the parking lot of my next appointment that when I had five minutes, I had a list and I was dialing my list and I was setting more appointments or gathering more information or doing more qualifying. So during my golden hours, there was every moment that was used, everything was used wisely. And as a, as a sales professional, I found that once I got my, my world arranged and once I got really efficient and really effective and once I blocked my time out, I was able to do my job in about 30 hours a week and I was able to outgun everybody. You know, I was always the number one salesperson on the team. I was always at President's Club. I was always in the, in the President's Circle and I worked really, really hard, but I worked really, really hard and concentrated time blocks, not necessarily stretching my time out throughout the week. So when people tell me that they're having a hard time with work-life balance, and I'm not talking about, you know, you and me running companies, right? This is a little bit different. We're talking about sales professionals. Most sales professionals should be able to get everything they need to get done inside the golden hours. I, I always say it's not a nine to five job. And I say that because if you think it's a nine to five job, go work at Starbucks because it's not. Go find a job doing something in retail. Right? There's not a clock in, clock out. Sometimes you're going to have all-nighters because you've got the biggest proposal of your life with the commission check on it's $100,000. So stop whining and, you know, and do your job. But for the most part, when people tell me that they have a poor work-life balance, uh, it's because they're not concentrating their time and using it wisely, and they don't know how to use their time. So, they, so what happens is the, the, their work life like it runs into their, into their family life, not because of their boss and not because of the company and not because we're pushing people too hard, but because they're just not using their time very well and they're not getting stuff done during the day. And you've experienced this and I've experienced this. I've been up working at night because why? Because I got, you know, I, I started my day and I got distracted by this and I was in a meeting over here and I was doing this and I was doing that, I was doing this. And if I look back on my day, how much of the time did I waste that if I had just used it on the right activities, I wouldn't be sitting on my couch in the middle, you know, at night working on a proposal. And I, I own that and I know that is true. So yes, you need to have time with your family. You need to be able to enjoy your life and do things that, that are fun for you. Uh, and by the way, if selling is your life and you love that, do that too. If you're, you know, that's make as much money as you possibly can. Uh, but you can't complain that I don't have a work-life balance when you spent three hours of your day sitting on email like typing email out and getting nothing accomplished. That's, that's, that's not, that's not fair to yourself and it's not fair to your organization. 
Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Well, the next section is sales in 60 seconds. That's where I'll ask you a series of uh, short questions. Uh, and, and the goal is to answer each question in under 60 seconds. So remember I'm from the South. Well, remember I'm from the South, right? So I can't say hello in 60 seconds. So. <laughs> well, you know, if it ends up being 120, no big deal. It's the end of the world. Um, so first question, what are your top tips for keeping track of your time and staying on task? Uh, a couple of things. One is I always keep an activity sheet in front of me. I know this is old school, I, but I but it's so much better if I'm looking at my, at my time, how many prospecting calls, how many sales calls, what did I do? Uh, and the second thing is my calendar is everything to me. And so I block my time on my calendar. And if there are blocks like prospecting blocks that you have to do all the time, make sure that those appointments are on your calendar all the time. They're always blocked. And then number, number three is concentrate your focus on one thing at a time. You're, you, you suck at multitasking, so don't do it. And you'll find that in 15 minutes of concentrated focus, you can get done what takes most people an hour. How can salespeople avoid making bad time management decisions? Well, we go back to what we said earlier. The best thing to do is know what your time is worth. So when you're making a decision about what you're going to do, you're making an informed decision. It won't always be a perfect decision because, you know, we work in an imperfect world, but at least you're making an informed decision. And if you make a poor decision, you can go back and look in the mirror and say, I did that. But I think more than anything, it's understanding what your time is worth. And if you do that, you'll make better, you'll make better choices. What can salespeople do to prioritize their sales activities during a busy day? The, 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 it starts with this, begin your day with impact. So what are the most impactful things? The most impactful things are putting new opportunities in the pipeline and advancing the deals in your pipeline through the pipeline. So begin your day there. If you start your day with impact, start your day with a prospecting block, move into a follow-up block, and then roll the rest of your day then you'll get the most important things done. You'll get the highest priorities done. The other thing that I do is every night before I go to bed, I look at my calendar, I look at my to-do list. Uh, and on Sunday nights uh, between six and 7.30, uh, that's my planning time. And I go through my calendar, I go through my entire week. It gets my brain set and focused. So I, I, it keeps me from you know, showing up, even though I had a plan and end up doing random things. And that's how I stay, stay focused and, and keep my priorities straight. How can sales managers train their reps to have a have uh, good to great time management skills. Start with you have you have to have good time management skills. So if you're the leader and you have crappy time management skills, your people are going to follow you. So they're going to do exactly the same thing that you did. The other is you have to be aware and be present. So you have to be a great coach. Um, salespeople have tough jobs. They're all over the place. A lot of times they're random. Sometimes they're really good at doing certain things, but they're terrible with calendars and organization. And a lot of times salespeople get really myopic, right? So they're only focused on one thing. So as a sales leader, you have to constantly be coaching. One of the easiest things you can do is when you get in the car for field rides, pull out the calendar, look at the calendar, have a conversation about it. And then your weekly one-to-ones talk about the calendar. And then I would say, you know, you want to bring an element of time management and discipline into your sales meetings so that uh, you're constantly talking and teaching people more about how to use time. And given that you're an expert in time management, what is your best advice that you would like our listeners to walk away with today? My best advice is concentrate your focus into small time blocks. It's incredible how much you can get done. And it, it, most people have heard of Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law is the law that says that work has a tendency to expand into the time allotted for it. So if you give yourself eight hours to do something that takes one hour, you'll take eight hours to do it. So I live in, in, in with another a corollary to that called Horstman's Corollary. Horstman's Corollary that says that time tends to contract into the time allotted for it. So when you break your time up into small chunks, you, you focus all of your focus on that particular activity, turning everything else off, what you're gonna find is you're gonna get way more effective, way more efficient, way faster, and you're gonna get way more done than anybody else, and you're gonna have plenty of time left for your family and your friends and all the things that you really enjoy in your life. And, and so I completely agree. How do the salespeople listening today, what do they, what do, they do as a first step to get started on making that reality? My, my best advice is block your calendar. So just start with something really simple. 
when you come in, in the morning, 7.30, 8 o'clock, your calendar's blocked for a phone block. So you're in outside sales. Your job is to set appointments. Set that aside. Take that hour of time. Get on the telephone. Set your appointments. Most good outside B2B salespeople need a couple of good brand new appointments every day. You're going to have follow-up appointments. Those are going to come from your next step request during your meetings. So every single day, you're going to have four to five appointments in the field that you're going to be going on. Uh, and if you start your day with that, if you just begin there, then, then the next step is, okay, what's the next time block? What's the next time block? What's the next time block? Uh, and and I, I also, and this is important, I highly recommend that you use a tool like Badger Maps so that you've got your territory under control because the biggest and greatest waste of your time as a field sales representative is staring at a windshield. The most important thing that you can do is have your, 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 your day in small quadrants of your territory and then you use a, a tool like Badger Maps which is fantastic because then you can build routes inside that territory so you can get to your appointments and to your in-person prospecting calls in the most efficient way possible. And if you do that, if you just begin there uh, and you start working on that discipline, everything else will, get, will begin to flow from that. And I would say sales leaders, you have to take responsibility as well and helping your salespeople, you know, kind of get past all of the hangups they have about time and do this because when you start blocking out your calendar, it creates a lot of anxiety and stress because all of a sudden you have to start holding yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. Well, you were doing those things anyway, but now you're going to jam it into this time period. I, yes. I, I think it's fantastic advice. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today on one of the biggest and, and probably most important uh, things that field salespeople deal with. Um, I'm going to do my best to summarize some of the, 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 the quotable wisdom that's come out of Jeb's mouth here. Um, so, you know, to step back, the biggest challenge that, that outside salespeople have is not having enough time. There are three things that, that salespeople can spend their time on during the day. One, they can do things that are trivial, the cat videos, et cetera. They can do important things like giving a presentation or a demo or writing a proposal. And they can do impactful things putting something new in their pipeline or advancing things through their pipeline. Salespeople are afraid of doing the impactful things because they are hard, but they are definitely necessary. This means that salespeople need to make the time for these impactful things. Field salespeople should block time um, on their calendar to make sure that they're able to make the time to do all of their important and impactful things. Salespeople should then make sure to have time for the impactful things like prospecting planned at the beginning of the day, since these are the things that will actually get sales moving through your pipeline. Time management is all about pipeline management. You should never leave a meeting with a prospect without setting tangible next steps. This will actually lead you to close deals in an efficient manner and compress the sales cycles. Salespeople need to understand that sales is not a nine to five job. You only have a certain number of hours in the day to sell. That's usually something like 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Inside these golden hours, 100% of the time should be devoted to spending time with your prospects, moving deals through your, through your pipeline, and adding new prospects into the top of your pipeline. I'm spent putting together proposals, preparing for demos, planning should be done after or before these hours or on the weekend. Email prospecting should be scheduled outside the golden hours since an email can be scheduled to be sent anytime. Great trip, uh, great, great trick there. Um, sales leaders or managers also need to make sure to protect their salespeople's time in front of prospects by not scheduling things with your reps during the golden hours. Uh, you know, and I've had a million experiences with that when I was, I swear when I was, I worked at IBM in sales and I swear half of my time during the golden hours was like in required conference calls, internal, not with customers, but internal <laughs> conference calls. But we had 17 layers of middle managers. So that was, uh, so there were a lot of conference calls to have to kind of satisfy all that. Um, Managers need to properly coach sales reps on how to best spend their time in the field. The highest performing reps are the ones who make the best use of their time. And 
this is really a choice that sales reps make on how they spend their time. They need to learn to properly balance their tasks. Prospecting is the most important activity every day. Salespeople should, access, should assess which activities during their day are the most worthy of their time and how much time they should spend on their top sales activities. Sales leaders also need to understand what their salespeople's time is worth and make sure they're in front of their high potential customers during those golden hours. And we gave you a nice formula to think about how much your time is worth. Ultra high performers are the ones that are best at time management since they always work on keeping their pipeline full and start their day with the most important tasks. That's a, a pattern you see across the, the top sales reps. Jeb, this has been fantastic uh, information. I really, I really hope everybody's able to take this to heart and make this stuff, uh, make this stuff real and and start using these skills during their their day to day sales lives. But tell me if if uh, the things that you've said have resonated with people and they want to dig deeper into the things that you cover. Where can our listeners read more about your work? Where can they reach out to you? Absolutely. Well, I'd recommend if you, if you want to get more information, there's two books that I'd recommend that you read. Uh, one is Fanatical Prospecting and the other is Sales EQ. And in both, we cover, we cover a lot of material that's in both of those books. So those books will help you. You can also uh, go to salesgravy.com. That's salesgravy.com. We have thousands and thousands of articles, not just for me, but some of the top experts in sales. And there's a ton of stuff there on time management and on time discipline. Uh, you can also uh, get more videos from me. You can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash sales gravy. I've got almost 400 videos there. There's a lot of information there on time. And then of course, uh, follow me. You can, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at sales gravy, Instagram. I'm at sales gravy. Uh, you can follow me on, on Facebook. I'm at sales gravy and look me up on LinkedIn, Jeff Blunt, B L O U N T and certainly connect with me on, on LinkedIn. And then uh, if you love this podcast, uh, hop over to iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, type in sales gravy and, uh, and you can uh, subscribe to, uh, to my podcast as well. Fantastic. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If you have any feedback, any suggestions, feel free to reach out to me at feedback at outsidesalestalk.com. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps us spread the word and, and let more outside salespeople find out about us. Take care, everybody, and talk to you next week.